0: Newsbreak Podcast. Well, it's Sunday afternoon, and it's time for an important discussion—one that you thoroughly enjoy on every weekend here at Newsbreak Talk. I'm Hari Prashad. Welcome to our cutting-edge current affairs program. It's where you get to give your views a voice, and we hope to open up the phone lines in a short while to uh, listen from you and and take the conversation forward with you. Well, the Department of Education, Basic Education, KwaZulu-Natal, is continuing its investigation into how a group of men were allowed to execute a search operation at a Durban school. It's alleged that a group of unnamed men entered the Effingham Secondary School, searched learners for drugs and assaulted them. The principal allegedly allowed this to happen. It sparked public outcry. Parents want to know why their children were subject to a search by on unauthorized men. The Department of Education says that certainly this was not protocol. This report was compiled by Prabhashni Mudli.
1: Social media has been flooded with videos showing protest action at Effingham Secondary School. The school, once a prestigious educational institution in Durban, has now had its reputation tarnished. Irate parents say their children were dragged out of classrooms last week and tortured by a group of unknown men. These grade eight and nine learners say they were among those who were assaulted.
2: Five bouncers came to the school. They were looking for drugs. They were tasering children and stuff. They put me out the toilet for no reason. They tasered me in the side of my ribs. After that, since children stopped going to class, they started striking. We want him to step down because what he did to us children is very wrong. I was in the toilets. Then these two guys came to me and pulled me and dragged me from the toilets and they started hitting me for. For no reason, and ask, they ask me if do I smoke, or until I say I don't smoke, they hit me for nothing. They punch me and kick me.
1: Many parents have taken to social media to voice their anger over the alleged violence at the school. This parent says while drug remains a sore point, the manner in which the matter was handled is unacceptable.
3: Drugs is a problem in the school. It's just that the way the whole situation was approached was wasn't right. With uh, cannabis being um, legalised, I think kids are taking advantage of that. They are uh, smoking. There is a problem in the
1: school. The Department of Education in KwaZulu-Natal says they will not tolerate external forces inflicting violence on learners at schools. Spokesperson Muzi Matlambi says if there is a drug scourge plaguing schools, there are structures to address the problem.
2: From what we gather is that a certain force of men came to the school, tortured our learners. We cannot, when we don't allow corporal punishment, allow another form of violence in terms of another force coming from outside, torturing our learners. If there are allegations of drugs like we have had, the recognized law enforcement agents is uh, South African uh, Police Services. We're investigating that as to how these men got to the school, was the principal aware,
1: Matlambi says the department has dispatched officials to the school to investigate the matter further.
2: We are appealing to the community out there to leave the matter to us. Now that the matter has been reported to us, they must have confidence in us that we are going to do a thorough investigation. Justice will be done in terms of necessary steps that need to be taken should we find the head of the institution in the wrong of, of, of the law.
1: The KwaZulu-Natal Education Department has asked Governor to refrain from attending school for the duration of the investigation. Parents are expected to hold another meeting Monday. For SABC News, I'm Prabhashne Mudli at Effingham, north of Durban.
0: Okay, so there you have it. That is the situation that transpired. But what it's done is it's raised a question about um, how to enforce discipline and authority at schools. And you know, while we identified that issue because it's been making headlines since it happened, um, as you know, the the tone and the standard and the style here of newsbreak talk, we now would like to move away from the situation as you know as best we can. I understand it will keep popping up, but um, the focus then becomes the general discipline and enforcement of discipline at schools. How does one go about doing that? Um, while at the same time staying um, within the ambit of the law, within the ambit of the constitution. um, There are several guidelines and and, and, uh, procedures that need to be followed when dealing with discipline, or rather just the basic management and handling of of minors. Um, How then do you get that right? But at the same time, discipline them. Corporal punishment, of course, no longer legal within schools. Um, And, you know, that's just... that's. basically no longer tolerated within the schooling system. so how then to go about ensuring discipline at schools and I think it's a, it's a balancing act to follow it's 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 something that you know requires a great deal of uh, introspection uh, and also execution um, but it has been a sore point for many. Um, often you'll hear that line, you know when I was in school my teacher would do this or do that or I'd um, you know, catch five of the best shots and i would be well behaved for the rest of the term Uh, so those kinds of things no longer apply and cannot be enforced within the legal framework of south africa but at the same time one needs to go about exercising discipline and i think teachers will tell you that the level of discipline you know at schools um is changing it's evolving there's a great deal of new pressures that um you know, society faces. And as a result, it's manifesting through the behaviour of young people and children. So, um, you know, maybe the child that you um, knew um, from a behavioural perspective in, say, 1995 is no longer the case in 2015. There's a great deal of change there. So we need to balance that out. So we'll take the conversation forward now. And I'm very happy to be joined in the studio by my panel of experts. Um, very happy to have is divya naidu in studio she's um the child protection program manager at the save the children foundation and thanks for your time good to have you
4: thank you Thales, for having me today and it's save the children south
0: africa save the children south africa yes and we've got Sam at the anti-drug forum needs no introduction sam thanks for your time i know you always spare the time to talk about discipline and you know bringing up responsible children so thanks for your time you're welcome thresh thank you for having me So, yes, that's our conversation today. We did check in with police to find out, you know, how best to give us advice when wanting to try and enforce this. We still... um um, trying, try, working on that and trying to get through some representation from the South African Police Service. But, ma'am, I want to start with you, Ms. Naidu. And, um, you know, while I did say we're moving away from the situation, mm-hmm. but, you know, it must be alarming if reports are to be believed. The allegation is that a group of unnamed men, unidentified men, entered a school, pulled out a learners, searched them. You heard the interviews with some of these learners. They said they were hit and assaulted, even if they didn't have anything. Um, That's not legal, is it?
4: No, definitely not. I I think more than just the issue around legal, we're talking here about violation of children's rights. Um, South Africa has signed the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, the African Charter on the Rights of the Child. Um, In fact, the UN Convention was the first treaty that was yeah. signed, by, signed by South African government after our independence. And that's just something about how we as a country um, regard children and how important children are to us. So, so it is really frightening that after all these years of our democracy and us putting children first, that we still find this kind of violation happening. Mm. Um, so not legal, definitely. Um, it, it's just not something that should be happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think at this point, and, and ultimately this is, you know, how we extend the conversation forward, what I plan, but I'm going to ask it right now at the outset. You know, I, I want to spend some time understanding the difference between discipline and disciplining and corporal punishment, because that seems to be a bit of a debate that still does the rounds.
4: Absolutely. And I'm glad you're starting off with that point, because I think it's a question one needs to understand is, what does one mean by discipline? And quite often, people misunderstand and believe that discipline means hitting. uh, And it's the only way of, Mm. of doing that. Now, what we look at is hitting children is a form of violence. Whether you call it discipline or not, it's violence. So corporal punishment is on that spectrum of violence, yeah. um, which can be extreme or it could be mild. Discipline is, a, is is something that needs to happen. Children do need to have guidance, need to have um, support. The difference between the two is that with corporal punishment, it is believed then that children learn through suffering. You have to make them suffer in some way. Mm. So let's hit them. They feel some sense of pain and therefore they will learn. Whereas with, with positive discipline is, is the concept that we refer to. It actually believes that children want to do the right thing and need to be guided and supported to make those right decisions. Yeah. So that, that's the crux of the difference. Right. Between
0: the I mean, I, I took a walk through the community uh, while you know, we were doing a lot of this research, a lot of this interviews. And, and you know some did say to me, it's getting out of hand the things we see at schools and and i, I had a, I know a chilling conversation with a group of community activists um earlier this week in Chatsworth where they were talking about the um types of sexual misconduct that exists on school grounds um talking about the 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 i think i don't know what the word is but the unashamedness of 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 learners carrying their cigarettes, lighting up Mm. a cigarette as the principal is walking past, Mm. Um, providing that, sharing that amongst peers. So the the extent of what is happening on the school ground is quite severe. So my question to you becomes, and this is the question on the ground, don't we need something stronger to get through to these learners?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. I think things have got out of control. Um, But we need to ask ourselves the question of, where did it start? Why is this happening? Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what we do in terms of our work around positive <coughs> discipline. So when we look at, we, we're a country that's extremely violent. Um, and, and so if as adults, we, the kind of role models we project to young, young people. So if, if teachers walk around and are seen smoking, for example, yeah. children feel. If parents are doing that, children think that that's yeah. normal. And you look at the kind of role models that young people have today unfortunately it is the very negative role models we're we're in a global community so children have exposure to so much of tv and there's so much of violence that they're seeing that becomes very normalized so Mm. every time a child behaves in a way that that's not really acceptable the question we need to ask is where did this come from yeah because children learn behavior from us as adults and, yeah, and through in, yeah. in society
0: but needless to say then the problem does exist and it's quite a, quite a graphic you know it, it's it's a terrible one we've seen videos i think of of teachers being assaulted by learners mm. we've uh, just recently I think there was a video they're doing the rounds of of a conversation between an educator and a, and and a learner, and you couldn't tell who was who mm. because this is the level of 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 uh, conversation sam that's been a major um part of your work at the anti-drug forum whether it is the buddy system you've got whether it is the smart program that you guys uh have been you know speaking to us about um and let's talk about it within the drug perspective because the allegation coming through here from the ground here is that uh, there was a drug problem at the school there were learners suspected of of being part of the drug trade or using drugs on school premises Mm. when you suspect that your learners are um you know, using drugs at school, it's getting out of hand and you want to address this. Mm-hmm. department tells us there's just one way to do it and that is the South African police service. Um, your thoughts on that?
5: Well, on paper, yeah, that's what should happen. Hmm. But the reality is that if the SAPS members go to school, they don't find anything. You know, we accompany the SAPS members as well as ADF because if they find somebody, then we will deal with them as well, you know, from a different level, you know, yeah. rehabilitation, right. to get off that whatever they're doing. The guys in school, they, it's a major problem. The drug dealing, the running, they have real drug dealers. You know, if the, if the security is not tight enough, they will go into the school and sell their words. If the security is tight, they will have their runners in the school selling the words. And the, the principals know who these guys are. And, and it's, they get desperate now. I think that's what happened in Effingham. It's desperate nature. The principal is one of the real passionate guys who really wants to create effective learning and teaching in his school. But maybe he, he did it the wrong way. But that's what happened. Because he, I think he was desperate and, and the community wants to sort this problem out, they, they, they went in themselves to deal with this problem. And they suspected the dealers. And they know who they are. Maybe they got the wrong guys. There are dealers in the school. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in most schools but the problem is like i said these guys are one step ahead they know where to hide the stuff you won't find them on the person uh you, you, it's very rare to find a drug on the, on the yeah. dealer in the school yeah so they they one step ahead like i said but we know the dealing happens in school. So it's very, very difficult to actually...
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the thing is, how do you decide or how do you determine who a dealer is, who a runner is, who a user is? I mean, the two guys, uh, sorry, the two um, learners that I spoke with, uh, and I don't know, I, I literally spent a sum of a minute 60 seconds with them in that interview um it's not enough to understand them and and really base judgment on them but they were really small looking Hmm. slight boys who said i had nothing i don't do this you know you could see the terror on their face um so so the question then becomes having painted that picture um you know must all learners be subjected to this kind of treatment then no
5: no no that's definitely not on Um, like the children's rights yes it's there it should be respected as well but sometimes the real dealer hides behind this this act Uh, and uh, he's protected by it as well and and that's the fine line you know how should we separate those delinquent um, criminal element in the school you know from the the normal child you know how do you protect his right yeah Uh, and and that's a fine line and that's what these guys are doing uh, in schools you know the criminal element they hide behind this act so he can claim to have been assaulted, you know, and and then all focus will be shifted from his, from his drug dealing to be him being assaulted yeah. and infringing on his rights. Yeah. So that's the problem. Uh, so the abuse of the legislation,
0: so to speak.
5: Yes. Yeah. So the, the the issue is how do we deal with the criminal element in the school? You know, the the principals know who they are. Yeah. How do you separate them from?
0: I think the advice, Sam. I mean, the word I want to put forward, and I don't know if it's a correct word or if it's even you know. You know, a, a correct terminology in terms of trying to come up with this, but th- I put it down to being creative in your control and management of drugs and any sort of ill discipline at school. You know, talk to me about how I think school authorities need to be creative, be strictest, you know, uh, be, be a disciplinarian, but at the same time be within the confines of the legislation and the law.
5: Yeah, I, I think... You know, there has to be support structures um, in schools and from the department. You know, the, the guidance counsellors, uh, going to root of the problem, um, having guidance counsellors in schools, having the support, psychosocial support services in the department. They are there, but it's not enough. Yeah. Um, so when this principal suspects somebody of dealing with drugs or is on drugs, well, they send them to us as ADF, but we're not all over the country yet. We'd like to be there. Uh what happens to those guys who are suspected who do they refer them to those things are not in place um well they're in place but they're not effective enough there's not enough for the large number of people that need that kind of attention for the number of people that are actually dealing with the problem from the department level so those things need to be beefed up yeah. Those need to be properly. up very most, badly.
0: Most definitely. Well, we are talking to Divya Naidro, the child protection manager, uh, who's uh, a child rights activist as well, and Sample a, talking to us about these ways in which to enforce, um, I think, effective... Uh, discipline at school, but at the same time stay within the ambit of the um, several laws and guidelines on how to deal with young people. To the phone lines we go, it's time to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on this level of discipline? I think firstly, we'll break it down to you so you can you know understand how best to make your contribution. We'd love to talk about the way discipline has degenerated at school, has it even? And then from there, how do you think schools should enforce discipline? Without infringing upon law, I know often, and 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 I'll remind you what a lot of people say. Back in my day, I was terrified of the cane. I was terrified of what my teacher would do. My ears would be my ears would be turned, and my ears would be rung. Um, that can't happen anymore. So, what's the way to really create that level of discipline, but at the same time obey the laws? 0893108789. Azam Flower. Because when it comes to family, love is what
5: matters. Millions in Africa love Azam Flower. Be it in war tea, cakes, bread or donuts. Azam Flower brings the love
0: alive.
4: The heart of the Try us,
0: then trust us.
6: Azzam
1: The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM.
0: Let's go to the phone lines now and we've got Anonymous on the line. Hello, Anonymous.
4: Uh, hello. Uh, there is a special school
7: in Chatsworth where the security guard conducts a reign of tests. He searches the persons of the bodies, he searches the bags and stuff. stuff. Uh, he comes to the gate and interrogates learners as to why they are. And just last week, he takes learners out of the school, and uh, he was a private security company. Now I'm asking who is empowering this guy to do all this nonsense. And he's also suspected of taking money from learners, some of the learners bribing. Uh, He's very bossy. He bullies the learners. He... uh, his, uh, you know, his attitude was just not acceptable. Screams at them, uh, hounds around the school, which is absolute nonsense.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm and, g- uh, Anonymous. Uh, I'm I'm g- g- yeah,
7: is aware, and what nothing happens. Then go goes to complain to the principal. He does nothing. Mm. Anonymous.
0: Anonymous, I'm going to ask you to hold the line, please. We would like to get your details and maybe take this conversation with you offline. I mean, this seems like something else that needs investigating us. So please just hold the line for us. Uh, let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay in the meantime. Hello, Mr. Pillay.
6: Good. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to your guests and good afternoon to the listeners. I think first, first of all, I think Sam and I got double caps here. I think, you know, we, I come from the police forum as well as the education forum and Parents Association of within. I think a way forward. I think most of the schools do not have a code of conduct. I think this code of conduct must be drawn up by four components. I think it's the parents, educators, learners, and the principal. They should actually draw up this code of conduct. The SGB in this, in this instance is this weak. The school management has physics in the school. They, sh- they should actually do the job. I think to allow bodyguards and securities in the school... Is not likely. And Sam also spoke about SAPs coming in. But we want female SAPs to search female learners. I think that's how we can move forward. Thank you, Sam. Uh, thank you, Daresh. Keep up.
0: Thanks so much, Mr. Pali. We appreciate your call this afternoon. So there you go. Keep the calls coming through. We'll we'll take it forward um, as we talk about this issue. Just trying to get some of your sense and your uh, thoughts on the issue before we go back to our guests today to talk about uh, effective ways of of policing and um, in, in, you know enforcing discipline um, at schools. We've got Mrs. Maharaj on the line. Hello, Mrs. Maharaj.
8: Hello. Good afternoon.
0: Yes, ma'am. Go ahead.
8: Okay, I've just been listening into the show a few minutes ago and I got a little bit of what has already been discussed. Firstly, with regards to the issues in school around drugs and smoking and so forth, we all know for a fact that is something that is an issue. It is a known problem. Nobody is denying that. Nobody is shying away from it. All right? However, whatever has happened recently at the school, has been done in a manner that is just not acceptable. The issue of drugs and smoking in the school, I'm calling as a parent. My child was one of the affected children, so I'm speaking from first-hand experience. And all I would like to say is this, that whatever has been portrayed, the assumption by many is that it seems these kids are unruly and there's a serious drug and smoking problem in the school. Yes, there's a drug and smoking problem in the school. It is not so serious that the principal had to take drastic measures like this to eliminate or eradicate the problem. We, the parents, are there and willing to handle and assist with resolving these matters. Unfortunately, he did not approach us to say, "Okay, I'm concerned. The problems are, are escalating, and I want to do something about
0: yeah. it." Yeah, Mr. I want to ask you though: What are the suggestions then? I mean, if you and what you're saying is that it's not correct to have this kind of certain seizure, what are the effective ways then to enforce discipline at school?
8: Well, the first. The thing in terms of that, if there's a problem with a child, the the teacher and the principal, the school needs to notify and bring the parents in to say, these are the problems, these are the issues we are facing with your child, so that it can be addressed and dealt with appropriately. I have attended school meetings as one of the parents, one of the, the listeners have mentioned that there should be a proper school code of conduct in place. Now, I can tell you the school has a code of conduct in place. I was one of the parents involved in reviewing and and finalizing the the, the school code of conduct for the school. That was acceptable by both the school and parents. So that was put into place. I think one of the biggest issues here is this. Um, I grew up old school. Old school where punishment was allowed in school. You know, we got what was called rosebuds where we hit on our fingers, on our hands with a duster. Teachers didn't hesitate in terms of punishing us. We were too afraid to go home and take a complaint to our parents simply because even if we were not wrong, when we went home and complained to our parents, we caught a hiding first because they suspected we may have done something wrong before they came to school. We respected our principal. We respected and feared our principal and our teachers. All right? The thing that's happened now is with the issue of Children not being allowed to be um, corporal punishment not being allowed is, I think, is also a problem. To a certain degree, it needs to be done, but it needs to be done in in a controlled and acceptable manner. The 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 the, the fine line that's going to be crossed here is some teachers may not know where to draw the line, where to and draw the line. Go
2: yeah,
0: you know? Mrs. Maharaj, I'll leave it there with you. I think you've given me enough to take the conversation forward, specifically with our guests. Thank you very much for your concern. We really appreciate it. Uh, we've got Selvin on the line. Hello, Selvin.
9: Hi, Tamesh. Well, the last speaker said both of what I was going to say, but yeah. firstly, my condolences to the belief family are those ladies that died in that incident. That's one. Two is, Tamesh, uh, those days he used to wait at the gate and run to the teachers, take his in. You know, we, that's the novelty of doing it. And I heard you saying earlier on, the guys will like the city up. It's pathetic. And we have different categories of schools, Taresh. We have the Model C private schools. Now, what schools are editing this? But Taresh, my suggestion is they should go back to the system where they had inspectors coming and monitoring the school on a monthly basis because the SAP does selective prosecution. Yeah. They need, they need more people like Sir yeah. But anyway, Perez, thanks. that's what I have to say today because the last speaker said most of it.
0: Thanks very much, and Appreciate your call. Uh, we've got Mr. V. Ghani on the line and we do recall that he does represent the Parents Association, specifically in KwaZulu and Natal. Uh, we've had him previously on the show to discuss issues like this. Mr. Ghani, thanks for your time.
9: Uh, thank you so much, Therese, for having me on the yeah. show. Um, I think, you know, we we need to be very cautious about how we proceed in discussion, especially regarding a single secondary. I think, for one, is that there is a a process there's an investigation that's going on, and we must allow that investigation to proceed. We must allow the outcome of that investigation and then take it from there. So I think that is one. Uh, The second thing is that, you know, in my experience, and I think a lot with people who have been dealing with schools over a number of years, uh, discipline is a problem a huge problem. Whether it's drugs, whether it's gangsterism, whether it's violence, whether it's assault, whether it's extortion, it is a huge problem. More often than not, I find that parents come out very defensively about their children. Um, and, And this is where one of the problems are. You have to understand that a school is an institution of teaching and learning. When children go to the school, that is what the focus should be. But what we've done is we've turned schools into care care centers, okay? And what we've done is that now educators, principals, deputy principals, management are tied up for hours trying to sort out ill-discipline issues. And it's taking away contact teaching time from those other children that truly deserve it. You've got a small minority of children who are troublesome in school, who need to be dealt with within the ambit of the law, but but they're taking away valuable contact teaching time, which could be well spent in the pursuance of education for the other kids. So that is number one. Number two is that we find that parents are quick to blame the school. I'm not saying the school is wrong, but parents are quick to blame the school. Each parent needs to take the responsibility for their own children when they send their children to school, they need to have they need to teach their children discipline at home. So when those children go to schools, they know how to function in an environment that is conducive for teaching and learning. We have a problem with that. So These are some of the challenges that you have that are prevalent in schools. So, you know, instead of finding fault with the schools, what is happening? Why are children behaving in the manner that they are? And then deal with that. The third thing, Tresh, is that every school has a code of conduct. And in that code of conduct is a very decisive way on how to deal with children and how to deal with discipline issues. And that must be enforced. A lot of schools, for whatever reason, don't enforce that. So you find that the discipline does get out of hand.
0: Yeah. Mr. But Ghani, I'll leave it there with you to go to other callers now and take it forward. But thank you so much for calling through with those valuable points. I'll definitely take them take them forward. Mr. Vigali there who called through today to uh, give us some points of discussion. Anonymous now. Let's go to Anonymous. Hello, Anonymous. Hello. Hi.
10: Hello. I'm, yes. I'm calling you from the North Coast. I'm not a, a parent of the child in school. But i us to suggest something to you. Yeah. In the end of last year, there was a prestigious uh, private school in uh, this area that had a massive drug problem. And it was related with, to the, uh, what you call the hint that was made legal and all that, and yeah. the children started yeah. abusing it. But now, going forward, this school this year have come up with the idea of having um, a trained dog handler a sniffer dog that sniffs out the children before they enter the school you know and uh, they are all checked before they enter the school or the school premises or any part of the school
0: this dog what handler I, this dog handler is it part of the south african uh, police service dog unit uh,
10: well he is but he is specially hired for the uh, private school. I, I don't want to give you the name, yeah. but it, it is um, he is now, uh, he is part of the SAP but he's a professional dog handler from there and so is the dog. And um, and I think it's a brilliant way of at least not getting it into the school anymore. Yeah. And every child is aware of the fact that they will be served before they enter the school premises. Mm. Because I think having young children well, from junior grade to upwards, and having a drug problem is quite, quite something.
2: Quite worrisome.
10: Because, uh, yes, because I've spoken to one parent, And she said they actually ended up putting their their child in homeschooling because of the situation.
0: Mm, Interesting. Anonymous, thank you for your contribution today. We really appreciate it. So some of the views, there's lots more here on WhatsApp. I'm going to go to that next. But let's get some discussion going now with our guest, Divya Naidu, the Child Protection Program Manager at the Save the Children uh, South Africa. Um, Divya, I think interesting points coming through there and... um, you know the uh, it boils down to the balancing of of you know enforcement versus um the law and I think at this point I'll just I'll just come out and ask you do you think that um, there are too much of laws protecting the child which then infringes on discipline being meted out to the child
4: In response to that I'd ask you is there enough laws protecting adults um children are more vulnerable than adults and therefore need more laws protecting them Um, children are also their lives are being shaped Um, and so if we don't have proper laws in place to guide what they become when they're adults um, we have a problem society I I think from listening to all of the callers there's some very interesting uh, you know issues being raised and and I think just in summary what I pick up is is a lot of things, and and I, it's a problem we see in our work all the time, is that quite often things are happening after the fact. Mm. Um, so so we leave a problem to escalate to a point where it becomes so big and then we want to take drastic measures, um like having a dog uh, you know watching every child that enters the school. so So, I think the issue is is that we need to start to look at where what's the root of this and and it's not a solution that's going to happen over to to be resolved overnight it's going to take a long time but one needs to first understand what is the reason for it getting so out of hand what's happening in society mr. why v. Are children yeah
0: i think mr v Ghani called through and he said that at points parents become too defensive
4: Yes, that is that is it. But I think also then when he was saying that, and I made a, a note here about let's analyse the kind of parents you're finding quite often. Um, that young girl who's in high school who has a child in primary school, you know, who's 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 a parent. You know, so so parents themselves sometimes we're finding are so young and immature. We also have several children being raised by grandparents who grew up in a different generation, so they don't quite understand what's happening with the cell phones and all of these... you know whatsapp and things that. Right. so so, so there, there's a big gap and, and therefore therefore in, in terms of our work from Save the Children's side we emphasise a lot on the role of the educator because next to being home and, and parents being primary duty bearers for children who's next that has most amount of time spent yeah. with children 200 days a year they're yeah. at school so yeah. teachers become play a critical role right. uh, in terms of that
0: while you say the teachers play the critical role and yes they do for the amount of time that they do spend with the child the argument then becomes well what's the job of the teacher to educate or to discipline i mean we've even got a suggestion coming through by uh, uh, I mean an on- anonymous call to say that because um, you know the situation was getting so out of hand at school they decided to homeschool the child uh, mr Gunny even said that it's taking away from time You know, discipline is taking away from time from teaching.
4: Absolutely. I I actually made a note of that taking away time from from teaching and learning Mm. was his exact words. And I think the question that we need to ask is what do we want children to learn? Do we just see an education system as children coming out learning maths and science and, you know, that? or, Or do we want to have an education system that builds character? Um, of children. Um, for me, the, the rule is the end of education is character. We want to see to people who grow up and come through a schooling system who have strong character. They are good human beings, people. We want to ensure that there's self-discipline. So in every act on how we respond, do we teach children that every time they're being policed, so there's a, there's a security, there's dog that's watching over, or do we teach them do the right thing what does it do to your life how does it impact on your life and you see the easy route is you very quickly can solve the problem on a day-to-day basis by having a dog watching as children come in. But do children truly understand why and what it does to them? The harder route is to bring people who are recovered through drug problems, engage children in activities so that they see how negative this is for themselves and what it does to, to their own life and yeah. make that choice and self-discipline. Mm. We go for quick fix.
0: Mm. so I'm on the issue of parents. Um, and I mean, I relay a conversation that I had um, while out on the field the other day and um, I think the community activist said to me that you know when you bring through the, um, the parent as hmm. is what many are saying and you have conversation about it you single out the child and you say this child is seemingly to be quite disruptive we suspect they're doing hmm. drugs or whatever the conduct is um, and according to this community activist the parent turned on and said if my child wants to kiss boys behind the school block How is it your business? Mm. (laughs) So, again, the defensiveness aspect. So, I think my question then becomes to to you is, if we're talking about the small pocket of um, learners who are, um, you know, involved in this kind of ill discipline, and the point of call becomes getting their parents over and talking about it, if this becomes a response because this is the social nature of the way, um, you know, South Africa finds itself, what do you do then?
5: Mm. There are two, two sets of parents, two types. One parent would say if ever my kid is caught I'll break his kneecaps the other would say not my kid he won't do this you know I've come from a good family we didn't smoke or drink my son mm. won't do it, also. We have that.
0: Yeah. Because we know this uh, firsthand. The other would say, I'm too busy to actually deal with this right now.
5: <laughs> yeah. We, we see it all the time because when the parents, are, when the principal, rather, uh, suspect the children of smoking or experimenting with marijuana or alcohol or whatever, they send them to us at ADF you know, to do the drug test. So there we see the different parents' reaction to being sent to us for that purpose we see people uh, get defensive most of them are defensive they say my, not my son and but the test will prove otherwise and that's when the, the reality will hit them that hey my son is on drugs we need to do something about this and and it, the whole tone changes mm. and you know looking and uh, listening to the uh, comments from different people you find that this two two different sets of people as well one would not want their child to be searched because they don't believe it they should because they are not directly involved with the violence that affects the people that bring in the knives and so on But, but the reality is there is bullying there is violence in the school so we should find out Or look at how then are we going to prevent those knives from coming in
0: you know um and and before we come to that just just to extend a little bit of what divya was explaining to us um you know what message are we sending out to learners when we enforce them to this kind of search and seizures searching them having them sniff by a dog etc you know what message are you sending out to this young mind um and that's a valid point because you know, if, if you have a situation where it's such and seizure, you know, you have a sniffer dog, you have barbed wire. Um, it's almost, you know, what is it doing then to the learner? What kind of world do they leave that school thinking they belong to?
5: Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it is really,
5: you know, it, it, is, it is so difficult um, to deal with this kind of problem in school because we want to think that we have a perfect school, we want to create that kind of environment where everybody is happy and they shouldn't be researched, But the reality is something else. And that's mm. what people
2: are forgetting.
5: Yeah. yeah, People are forgetting this reality in the school situation. So how are we going to deal with that reality? You know, with, with the abuse, with the bullying, with the um, teenage pregnancy, with the sexual issues that we find under the staircases and, and yeah. so on.
0: Yeah.
5: It's reality. So... How are you going to protect the, those other children from this yeah. kind of thing?
0: How are you going to separate? Do you them? think code of conducts need to be reworked and become more modernised no, to deal with
5: No, we these? have the code of conduct already. How, yeah. do, what do we do with those people that violate those code of yeah. conduct is yeah. important.
0: I think my uh, question is, d- does the code of conduct need to become more modern? Does it need to really take into account what is happening right now?
5: There's nothing wrong with the code of conduct. It is, I think, again, we must go back to the source of the problem, the, the prevention. We react all the time what do we do to change the mindset of the learner? Mm. How do we convince him to do the right thing? What kind, of sh- uh, what kind of lessons we should have in schools to teach him to do the right thing? And I, I think that's lacking. Yeah. The integrated value education system is lacking. Yeah, we are focusing on one, two, threes and ABCs. We're not focusing on a moral uh, aspect of, of, of developing a good human being, yeah. you know, to growing growing up. That is lacking. The life orientation they have in schools, it's there. But how effective is it? Are the teachers taking it seriously? As far as I know, and I work in schools often, um, those periods are free periods. Consider the free period. Most people don't take those things seriously. And I think that needs to be taken very seriously. The guidance counselor, there should be somebody to take care of these kind of issues in schools. And because that is lacking, then the principal have to deal with it management yeah. have to deal with yeah. it
0: so we'll spend the rest of the, uh, the the remaining minutes of the broadcast now to talk about some creative ways going forward in terms of discipline before that let's go to whatsapp uh, Ragini tambiran says children see what parents are doing and think it's normal please parents don't smoke or drink alcohol in the presence of your care, of your of of your uh, children uh, the education department must take control um so that's Ragani Tambiran over there. Um, this text it's anonymous. Situation at schools is a reflection on society rather than a social issue. Absolutely. Rather than a school issue, sorry. Mm. Parents to a large extent have abdicated their roles and expect educators to take on the task of disciplining children Parents need to take responsibility and stop shifting the blame elsewhere. No matter what the problem is or how passionate the principle is, unauthorized individuals are not allowed onto school premises. There's no excuse for assault of any kind. These drug dealers come from within the community. So why don't these individuals storm the homes of dealers? We need to deal with the root of the problem. I think a very wise way of looking at it, you know, um, why do you want to um, you know, slap a, slap a child for possibly having uh, drugs when you know you're being lenient with where the drugs is coming from in the first mm. place um, another text here this is again from Jay and I do in Shellcross. my point is that parents are the ones to blame if we all play a smart p- a small part in our children's life our, our children will think twice my name is uh, Jay and I do. I see police parks sometimes outside the school but but children still hold um, hold hold it. There's smoke in front in front of them because the children act like gangsters. No one can tell them anything. Mm. People just look at them. Um, plus, the tuck shops nearby the school sell to these learners, and that's interesting. If if the local industries and this is of course legal, it's you know it's a tuck shop, but if they are selling um, cigarettes to underage learners, you know you you get a sense of the community creating a problem that the community is supposed to be handling. So mm. it's a cycle, isn't mm-hmm. it? Absolutely. Um, mm. What are the parents of these 13 and 14-year-olds who are dealing in, uh, dealing and doing drugs doing about their children? How, um, has it now become a problem teachers and principals have to sort? Discipline begins at home. That's from VAS. Um, another text we've got today. This is... Um, yeah, I think we've just read that from VAS. Another one coming through this afternoon. Um... Tyron from Mandani. Um, the listener mentioned about a search dog. It should be done at all schools to prevent the substances and objects entering the school premises. My company transports hundreds of school kids a day. You should see the pathetic behavior, and smoking is like out of fashion. That's from Tyron. Um, I'm still very curious to find out if this was, you know, I mean, if we say to one school, you can't get, um, okay, you can't get, um, You know, uh, uh, unauthorized men coming and doing a search and seizure. I wonder how authorized, um, you know, a sniffer dog system is going to be. I'm going to give you five more minutes. You can then give us a call and let us know your thoughts. Our last five minutes for you to call. And then we wrap up our conversation with our panel of experts today.
1: As their slogan says, you will never walk alone. Liverpool will look to walk away with a victory against AFC Bournemouth this Saturday. (laughs) The Cherries put a cherry on top and upset the title chasers. In the very last second of the half, Josh King strikes, Bournemouth level. Catch this battle between the Reds and the Cherries in the Premier League match of the week live on SABC 3 at 4:30 p.m. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. from the tv license office with our new sms balance inquiry function you can now get your tv license balance conveniently on your cell phone sms your id number or tv license number to 44210 and voila 44210 standard sms rates apply quick and easy tv licenses make a difference
0: Wrapping up our conversation now, let's go to Sheila on the line. Hello, Sheila.
3: I, I just want to say that yeah. there's a lot of bug passing, you know. It's mm. time that stuck from parents. I feel that parents are the persons to raise their child. They are the most important person in the child's life. When the child leaves to school in the morning, they must search their bags. They must even smell their clothes even when they come from school. Do the parents do that? Do they know who their friends are? They give them cell phones. Do they know what the child is doing with the cell phone? The other thing is, with the mass unemployment today, a lot of parents are also involved in drug dealing, and they use their children as runners. We must accept the fact with its Model C school, a government school, there's rampant drug dealing in schools, and it's ruining... Um, the future generations to come because once the child uh, uh, starts using drugs they become addicted to it and their behavior patterns are quite clear so parents must watch their children carefully and as for the school they can't take responsibility for the child's personality or character they are there to do academic learning subject learning so these children can pass and go to tertiary and other institutions so this backpassing passing has to stop from parents because they always use the excuse you know I'm too busy we are all working parents you decided to have a child then when you decide to have the child you must take all this into consideration Mm -hmm. thank you
0: very much Sheila we appreciate your call thanks for that Mrs Chetty on the line hello Mrs Chetty Hello, Mrs. Chetty. Okay, let's go to Sanesh. Then Sanesh is from Pine Town. Hello, Sanesh.
11: Hi, Tarish. You know, just listening to all the comments, I think quite truly it is a, uh, the the uh, heavier responsibility is on the parents to ensure that they're sending disciplined, decent uh, children to school. But it's also a collaborated uh, effort that's needed from both sides, from the teachers and the parents, uh, in order to combat these situations. And an incident this week at my daughter's school was that there was an unruly student in class and uh, he was not cooperating with the teacher. And uh, the teacher said to him, I will I need to take you to the headmaster, uh, the, the principal, because uh, he wants to see you about this behavior. Yeah. And he, his response was that no, he will not go to the principal. He is a leader and people must follow him. And uh, if the principal wants to see him, the principal must come to him. Yeah. So the honored thing that the principal did was went to the student and uh, had uh, disciplined him in the class in front of all the students, asked him to pick up his bags and walked him out of the gate.
0: Sanish, what does and discipline mean? When you say discipline, what did, the, what did the headmaster do?
11: Well, he attended to the situation in the class uh, 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 across, I mean, in the presence of all the students uh, to that particular incident and uh, had... Given ha, had read out the school code of conduct, yeah. uh, had expressed the conduct, and made him understand what is required of him in yeah. entering the school, and what he was obligated to when his parents had brought him. So he school. spoke to him, and yeah. and this was and this was a complete violation and a deviation to the code of conduct, and he does not fit to be in that school, and walked in straight out of the gate.
0: Yeah, yeah,
11: and that is what teachers and principals have to enforce, uh, and you know, with the proof of evidence as well in situations of um, the substance and drug abuse.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Sinesh, That's we'll leave it, it there with you. Thanks for that interesting point raised there. Okay, I think it's time to wrap up the conversation with my experts. Now, before I do that, I want to go to one more text that came through. I think it's it really um, captures the tone of what came out very strongly on the on the entire hour here. Good day. We as parents have failed our children. Parents have little respect for teachers, so how will learners have respect for teachers? So that's from Anonymous um, that has come through today. Uh, Divya Nayadu, the Child Protection Pro- Program Manager from Save the Children South Africa. Um, I mean, what's coming through very strongly here is that there needs to be a code of conduct that needs to be enforced. You cannot enforce violence against a learner, irrespective of how creative or, how, or um, you know head-on you want to take an issue. And um, but it, it then points down to actually getting into schools and, and, and creating this sort of ethos. And your thoughts on how, how that can be done? I know your department itself visits schools to try and create this type of discipline. Yes.
4: Um, Save the Children South Africa works, um, does a lot of work with Department of Education. We're working with the department nationally um, to look at addressing issues, but on the ground... Um, we're testing out a program called Positive Discipline Everyday Teaching. Um, it's a it's it's a particular package that has already been developed um, and tested in some other countries and we're working with it. But I think some of the key components of that package is about how do we engage children themselves in understanding issues? How do we ensure what we call child participation? We've heard a lot about that their schools do have a code of conduct. I think the question that one needs to go back and look at is how many of those schools have actually engaged children themselves in developing that code of conduct. Now, I do know that the code of conduct is something standardized that comes from the Department of Education. But what would be very useful for schools to do is to get children to stand together and talk about some of those issues so that they can agree, you know, and the end, make a big Deal of it, have a signing event, you know, like you do with the constitution in the country and get children to come in and parents and some big deal from whoever it is from the community or from Department of Education to come in and do that because then children own the process because they feel so even if the wording is not as as legalistic or as as corrected English Um, as it would have been from what comes in department. But when children feel that they're part of something, they're more likely to follow. So that's the one key thing. The second thing is the work we're doing with with educators. So we Mm. take them through a process of where we we take them through understanding the program around positive discipline, everyday teaching. And then from that, we follow it with some mentoring work with them. Um, And the two key concepts there is about how do they provide warmth and provide structure? Warmth is about just getting children to know that I care about you mm. and what happens to you. And structure is you give children information about yeah. what the effects of something. I've got to
0: question it. the tone as well that is sometimes used. I mean, I refer to the video I saw. Um, how do you speak to the learner? You're good for nothing. You know, exactly. it's not the way to actually get Absolutely. them to listen to you. Absolutely. Children
4: it? learn what they live. You keep calling a child stupid, they behave that way. Yeah. It's the same sort of concept of, you know, where people use the naughty corner, the naughty chair. The yeah. child goes and sits in that corner, stands in that corner, then they're thinking themselves, I'm naughty, I'm naughty. And they come back and they behave naughty. Mm-hmm. Um, where, whereas if you sit down and, and it's it's a quick, it's a quick, that's that's why for us, you know, yeah. we say research has shown that corporal punishment had only one outcome one positive outcome immediate compliance mm. not long-lasting mm. but it has so much of negative effects yeah. on children lifelong I mean including one research found that children between two and four years of age children who had regularly experienced corporal punishment during that time had actually had a decline in their IQ level yeah. in that two-year period now, people don't understand what happens because then this child is constantly put down and made to feel stupid. And then yeah. they, they don't
0: think... And then that you know, leads to other progressive societal absolutely. problems. Sam, as as you leave us, and I know parents, has had, you know that's really been the topic of, of, of the discussion here, but I want to still now talk to you about creative methods from SGBs, school principles, codes of conducts. I mean, I think that example that Sinesh gave us where code of conduct was read to the child. It says, you're not adhering to it based on this reason. I will take you by the hand and walk you out of the school. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about creative steps needed. That's within the legal ambit.
5: Yeah, I think that's very important. I think V. Gani also mentioned that early on, that there is this code of conduct in place, but they're not effecting it like they should be. You know, principals even complain about the delinquent behavior of certain, but they're not certain uh, learners in school, but they're not uh, applying... The, uh, the code of conduct to them, to the letter, you know, to, to do the necessary, um, call the parents in and, and do the um, what, what the, you know, the session where they have a whole lot of people to discipline them and and really go to the source of whatever the problem was that they were creating and what should the consequences be. But, you know, Therese, I think we should be focusing on prevention more and more. And, and not just once off. We should be having a sustainable program, you know, like the smart club. I'm going to come back to that smart club again, mm. where the learners take um, responsibility for themselves in the school. I think that's key. They know the issues, like we're having our um, session on Thursday or seminar. Yeah. We pose a problem to the kids. Ask them, what is the problem in your school and your community? And what do you think the solution should be? And how should we... Make that change. You'll be surprised of the, what answers they come up
0: with. It's about ownership, isn't it? This, yes. Yeah. This, you, 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 you creatively tell them you are in charge of the school now, and you yeah. need to uphold and respect. It's, yes. It's, it's you identify the problem, and what? How are you going to deal with the problem? Yeah. You ask them, and then we establish a smart
5: club in the school. It's a sustainable program because there we have this committee in place already chairperson secretary treasurer and a uh, committee that actually develops a program for the school dealing with all the social ills in that school yeah and and that's what they do and through fun way as well through song dance plays sketches mm. uh, placards and they take ownership and and yeah. them engaging also with professionals with the different social ills that they have a problem with in their yeah. school
0: i think i think to wrap that up sam then creating discipline using intellect and the mind as opposed to using the might and, and, and some sort of violence Absolutely. you know, for a long-term Absolutely. strategy. Will it work? Won't it work? Well, I think that's a conversation that will be ongoing here on Newsbreak Talk. I'll thank my team, Divya Naidu, the Child Protection Program Manager for Save the Children South Africa and Sam Pillay from the Anti-Drug Forum. Thanks very much for the, for the expert advice today. Thank we'll you. leave it there. The broadcast came your way courtesy of the team executive Producer Salma Patel and Rachel Wadi, 6 to 7. You'll get another edition of Newsbreak. Uh, With Matthew Veeran tomorrow from ETADESH. Hey, have an awesome day.
1: News break. Lotus FM. Powered by SABC News.